When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome into Purple Daily, where we dive into an interesting free agent offensive lineman that popped up. Maybe on the Vikings radar? We'll let you know here in a second if he should be on the Vikings radar. But thanks to Federated Insurance for powering this episode of Purple Daily. They just want to thank business owners out there. You local business owners are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And whenever you need Federated, whether it's right now during these pandemic times or whether it's sometime in the future, Federated is here to help at federatedinsurance.com or you can call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need. Over 100 years of experience based in Owatonna, Minnesota, helping business owners at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Hey, everyone. Welcome in to Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. We got Declan Goff in the house here. And this is part one of a two-part series here or episode, if you will, breaking down the best remaining NFL free agents and who the Vikings could still have interest in, should still have interest in, and who they can fit into their salary cap of just $7.7 million or so. Let's start with offensive options here, Judd Zolgad. And the options are pretty slim in terms of the number of them and large in terms of their actual size. Larry Warford was just released by the New Orleans Saints, and he is really the marquee name here in terms of offensive options. Like the Vikings already have, I think, their wide receivers covered at this point. There's a couple wide receivers on the board. Devontae Freeman, running back, is on the board. But uh, if the Vikings are going to sign an offensive player, you would think it would be an offensive lineman. So what are your thoughts on right guard Larry Warford, who's reportedly looking for about $7 million? Yeah, so the news that Warford had been let go by the Saints was not shocking. It came down on Friday uh, because the Saints drafted kid from Michigan, a center who also could kick out and play right guard, where Warford did, named Cesar Ruiz with the 24th pick, Phil, in the uh, draft. And my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, this is a gift from God. This is an obvious signing. Warford's been, he started his career in Detroit. I think he's played seven years. He's played the last three years with the Saints. He's been a Pro Bowl uh, player. Now, an alternate, to be fair about this. But he's been in the Pro Bowl the past three years, right guard. Um, The Vikings right now, as far as we know, don't have a right guard. They're expected to give Drew Samia a long look there. Yeah. But Josh Klein had signed a three-year, $15.5 million contract last March, made it through exactly one year of that contract, and was jettisoned by the Vikings. And so I thought to myself, and I immediately did an afternoon Judd video proclaiming that this was absolutely a must. 
And then I dug a little bit more. And I've got two things or a couple things for you off of this. One that sort of bugs me as the immediate default reaction, but the other part is probably fair. The immediate default reaction with a guy like Warford was this one. He's not a fit at all for the zone blocking scheme, so mm-hmm. he can't do this. And and look, there's validity there, but I hate writing guys off immediately based on assumptions of, well, he does not fit. Because if you don't have a guy there and this guy might be decent or good, that's really, really, to me, short-sighted to use the cop-out of, well, he just doesn't fit what we'd like to do. And so, well, okay, are you sure about that becomes my question. But where I think it's a it's a fair case to be made, especially after we saw what Ian Rapport reported yesterday, which he's hoping to get $7 million or north of that per season, which is, by the way, a lot right now. Um is the fact that one of the reasons why the Saints drafted a center and are trying to bulk up their interior line and become more athletic there is one game in particular Uh, that the Vikings saw. That's the irony. And that was the playoff game when uh, Hunter and Griffin, very adroitly by the Vikings, were moved inside and created all types of internal pressure on Drew Brees, who was pressured countless times in that playoff game. I believe he was sacked three times. And so Larry Warford, in part, lost his job because of that. Uh, I guess the scouting report says he's still very good in the run-blocking scheme at the point of attack. But if you have to pull, he's sort of lost, which is a problem, too. And so I went from saying, oh, man, yeah, this could be a great fit to being like, if he is really trying to get $7 plus per year and just got released, that... In your in your salary cap circumstance, there's probably a lot to ask. I think I think the three things you're trying to weigh here are how much money you have left and whether you can get a potential defensive free agent, a veteran cornerback, and also make room for a Larry Warford. And maybe that involves a restructure of one of your current players, but also like the fact that Dalvin Cook is up for a contract and what does that mean? And Anthony Harris is franchise right now. You've got all these balls in the air in terms of your salary cap space. You're, you're, that's that's one thing you're trying to juggle. Uh, but the other two things are involving scheme, like you just mentioned. So a zone blocking scheme obviously relies more on athletic offensive linemen who can get out and move, and that's the biggest knock on Larry Warford. So like if you're just evaluating Larry Warford in a vacuum and saying, all right, based on what we need for this zone blocking scheme – and, and needing guys to be nimble and athletic. Like, look at Brian O'Neill compared to... Look at his size. Look at his movement compared to, like, a Phil Lodeholt-type right tackle from 10 years ago. Totally different players, right? If you're just evaluating Larry Warford in a vacuum, you'd say, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just, like, he doesn't get to the second level, according to people that watch film. Um, and he has trouble pulling, like you said. But then when you add the next level of discussion in and say, all right, cool, well, like, then who is your right guard? And your answer right now is... This emoji, like it's the it's the shrugging emoji Drew guy. Drew Samia probably. So, but like Drew Samia Who basically had, didn't play last year ex- except for that meaningless game against the Bears. Correct. Drew Samia yeah. is a theory at this point. Like mm-hmm. Drew Samia is. It's not like oh well, we can always lean on Drew Samia because we know that he gives you blank at this position. He gives you average productivity. Like Drew Samia could be a train wreck. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to juggle here is if you have an established. I'm not going to say top-end right guard for what the Vikings are looking to do, but an established starting caliber right guard who has some flaws. Could he be a one-year stopgap and just be better than your current options, despite the fact that he might not be a perfect scheme fit? And to piggyback off what you were saying, the criticism, this is the ultimate irony. 
This is a write-up from Sports Illustrated about why the Saints decided to release Warford. So he went to the Pro Bowl in all three of his seasons with the Saints, uh, saw a significant drop-off in his performance in 2019. He was repeatedly beaten in pass protection, especially by more athletic defensive linemen. Put a pin in that thought for a second. That was on display in the biggest game of the season for the Saints, a first-round loss to the Vikings in the playoffs when the Saints sacked Drew Brees three times, knocked him down several more times, many of those from inside pressure and one that forced the key fumble in the second half of that game. Exactly. Um, and so if you translate that also to the Vikings, this is where I'd be, this is, this is where I would say no on Larry Warford, just to put a final answer on it. The questions about him in the zone run blocking scheme combined with the Vikings biggest kryptonite and weakness on, offensively with pressure, a non-mobile quarterback, if he's going to contribute to both of those problems potentially, and he wants $7 million on the surface, it feels like he's a right guard. He's a starter, and he played for the Saints, and he was pretty good. Went to Pro Bowl, sign him. Digging deeper, I would lean toward being out on Larry Warford. The seven million stops me in my tracks. So here's a question: it takes up all your remaining cap space, yeah. and now you can't sign a veteran cornerback. Here's a question: as far as the Vikings' offensive line goes, that could be had internally um, in Egan by the team as well. Once, of course, it's it's safe to be near each other and talking about sports again. And right now it's not. We all know that. Play the sad music. Um, the question is this. If you were to go with Warford, let's say you signed him and he becomes your right guard. Mm-hmm. And now Ezra Cleveland kicks out to left tackle. You, so Reef into... So re, no. So let's say Reef is jettisoned at the expense of Warford. Okay. So if your offensive line is... That would be... Su- just sorry to interrupt, but like... That would be such a a DB move after like the first second wave of free agency is over, and then you put Riley Reef. Larry on the street, Warford got screwed though. He did. He, he did. got screwed too. And I, listen, you got to do what you got to do. But so, so if if you're a potential opening day offensive line, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, when Ezra Cleveland at left tackle, now left guard has to be filled in. Um, and there's not another free agent out there. By yeah, the way. and Warford is your right guard. I, to to me, the more I think about this, you're potentially just shuffling problems around. Okay. Or all right, this is a good segue. Into another offensive free agent that's out there. Yep. 38 year old Jason Peters. So Jason Peters, even though he's almost 40, which in in non quarterback football life is retirement home age. Yep. He was a top six offensive tackle overall, according to Pro Football Focus last year. Yep. According to reports, he's looking at eight to nine million dollars on a one year deal. All right. So if you could find a way by jettisoning Reef. Riley Reef. Ezra Cleveland is your left guard. Larry Warford, imperfections and all, is your right guard. Yep. Or maybe Drew Samee is your right guard. And Jason Peters is your one-year stopgap at left tackle. And then maybe Ezra Cleveland moves out to left tackle in 2021. Is Jay, So the question then becomes, do you think that Jason Peters, who I, I like a lot but gets hurt, is an immediate upgrade on Riley Reef? He's an I, interesting name. I think in terms of like I've liked him a lot that, of times. The games that they're both healthy for just 2020, Jason Peters is better than Riley Reef. And that's not just like me talking. That's pro football focus. That's anyone who scouts uh left tackles in the NFL would say that Jason Peters on a per game basis. Now if he's only going to play 10 games and Riley Reef is going to play 15 games or right. something. And Riley Reef, to be clear, is not unplayable. I I feel like 
because the line, especially the interior of this line, has had so many deficiencies in recent years that we sort of lump Reef in as this. Oh no, God, he's, he's, he he's does serviceable. Not, he's serviceable. He does not suck. Is is he your is he your dream left tackle? Like if you're having a footbally football dream and you're seeing a left tackle who's just stopping everybody from getting your quarterback's blindside, do you wake up and think to yourself? Man, was that a great dream about Riley Reef? No, I would say the the answer is no. But he does. Have you ever had a dream about Riley Reef? Uh no, I have not. I'm trying to think if I think I've about it had a for dream. a long time. Yeah, the, well, yeah, no, that I'm, sounds no. a little suspicious. Oh, I've had some weird dreams. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a football related and like offensive line dream, and I probably have. I dreamt about Artis Hicks one time when I covered the Vikings in 2008, but I don't want to talk about it. Okay, it, it was weird for everybody. Yeah. Very nice man, by the way. <laughs> Very nice man. But anyway, so I but. At that price on Larry Warford, Phil, I tend to be with you. I'm probably out. I got another question for you, too. Um, and my an- my sense is the answer has to be yes. But you know what? If this was 10 years ago and the Vikings were trying to find help interior offensive line, or 15 years ago or so, um, or heck, the entire league, if Larry Warford got jettisoned by the Saints on an arbitrary Friday in May, I feel like there'd be a ton of teams being like, oh, yeah, after that, he'd definitely help us. I wonder if the Vikings now have a complete understanding of the fact that this used to be a sport where you paid your your tackles, and especially your left tackle a ton, and your center was really important, and you could sort of you could sort of fill in if necessary at the guards. But Larry Warford struggles are the struggles of any guard who is either not great or starts to age yeah. in 2020. And that is there are so many teams now that have have either interior D linemen who can apply big-time pressure because they're athletic and or they get smart like the Vikings did in that playoff game and say, Daniil Hunter's really good yes. at, at left end, but you know what's going to be really fun? Him inside. Yeah. I wonder if teams are starting to fully grasp the fact that those guard positions now – just have to be paid really well, and well, or if if or you, you have to if you decide it. that like they have to be paid really well, but they're not good enough to make that much money, you're better off just from like a game theory perspective under the salary cap, and this is what the Vikings are trying to figure out: just paying a Drew Samia type a million dollars or six hundred thousand dollars, whatever he makes to the cap versus seven million dollars. And so that's my next question to you: with Larry Warford's imperfections, with how much trouble he had in pass protection up the middle last year and and with the uh, zone blocking scheme issues and the $7 million price tag, which is basically all the Vikings have in cap space, would you rather still take a chance on him because at least he's an established right guard at a position where you have really nothing right now outside of the theory of Drew Samia? Or would you rather save the $7 million, go with a Drew Samia at right guard and spend that money, and this will be part of our next episode of Purple Daily, on... A veteran, solid cornerback for the next two years. Or like Eli Apple as a reclamation project or something, you know? I'm torn here because I feel as if this team 1,000% has to go sign another veteran corner, and I realize they're not going to get a Pro Bowl player. And if Um, they're going to do that, they they can't also sign Larry Warford unless they restructure or get rid of Riley Reese. But I guess what I'm trying to talk about here, too, is roster construction for the long term. And the fact that if you now have guards who are, oh, they're okay, they're not great. You know, forget the whole thing about the blocking schemes and the pulling and, and 
keep, keep in mind, we can we could talk all we want about the frustration that Kirk Cousins struggles to get away from pressure from the outside, okay? And the fact that he doesn't protect the ball well and now almost accepts sacks at times because the alternative is mm-hmm. potentially fumbling. And that's frustrating to watch. But the one place where I think we and probably I have been unfair to, to Cousins at times is to get down on him for struggling with interior pressure because that playoff game between the Vikings and Saints, Phil, showed Drew Brees does too. Like if it, Tom Brady does. Like if you take the snap and I'm in your face – You've got problems yep. that you can't just be like. I'm going to roll away from this right. now. That's and that's like and that's where when this is more of a Kirk Cousins discussion. But when Kirk Cousins makes the same amount of money as Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson can flush out and avoid interior pressure, right. advantage Seahawks with their quarterback, advantage Seahawks with their roster construction. But interior pressure is a huge problem, and and I don't know that you can just keep saying, "Well, we'll pay Drew Samia, and he might be okay." Eventually, there, there has to be a commitment. Like Josh Klein. Josh Klein is the ultimate now Vikings guard. Ah, we'll plug him in, and he's exactly. a veteran. And he didn't play that well, but what the hell? It's going to work. Yeah, That's okay. He's sandwiched between two and, other big guys. Like, it'll work fine. And like Cousins or not, you're paying him um, top dollar, basically. Like, Cousins is a Ferrari as far as the purchase goes. Yeah. I'm not sure he's that the car, but he is he is that as far as the purchase goes. And it's like, yeah, you know, we bought this really nice car. The garage is leaking, but what the hell? It'll be fine. And it's like, no, you gotta build a nice garage. Yeah. It's true. So all right, final verdict. Yes or no from you on Larry Warford. Let's say he wants seven million dollars, which is essentially all your cap space. I'm a, I'm a no. On Friday afternoon, Judd from the couch, I laid on the couch. I was so excited and did it. I was all in. After closer examination at his asking price, no. Um, but I definitely think this needs to get the Vikings thinking long and hard about how they are addressing or not addressing the guard position. Yeah. So, all right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. If you listen via podcast, it helps us a lot if you go on Apple and give us a five-star rating and a positive review. And on the YouTube side, youtube.com slash north. clicking the subscribe button will make sure that you get fed daily Vikings content. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tobacco-Free Florida knows how hard it is to quit nicotine, which is why we offer different quit options to choose from for free, like 24-7 quit coaches available over the phone and free two-week starter kits of quit aids. We're even experimenting with 80s pop music. I'm giving you up, giving you up, giving you up, I'm letting you never come back to smoke, I'm never coming back to smoke, I'm never coming back, I'm giving you up. Or maybe we'll just stick to the ways we know work. Visit TobaccoFreeFlorida.com or call 1-877-YOU-CAN-NOW for free nicotine patches.